Hey guys, this is Dustin Langley. I'm the senior pastor at Peninsula Life Church here in Gig Harbor, Washington. And this is our podcast. Be sure to subscribe so you can get these new sermons every week. Hope you have a blessed day. Good morning, Peninsula Life Church. We are in the last message of this series called Walking in Freedom. We've been going through the four R's. Does anybody remember them? I don't believe you. I don't hear it. <laughs> right? Repentance, rebuking, replacing. And today we're going to preach on, I'm going to preach on, my name is Pastor Dustin. I'm going to preach on refilling and receiving from the Holy Spirit. Because after we repent, after we rebuke the enemy, after we replace those deficits of love and truth with the truth of God and the love of God, then we ask the Holy Spirit to fill us, empower us, and give us the strength that we need to live as men and women and children of God. Amen. And so today I want to preach specifically about the Holy Spirit. I don't, I'm not going to preach necessarily about the dunamis power. I did that just a couple weeks ago in, in our other series that we did. But I want to talk to you about how the Holy Spirit, our God, fills us the way that no one or no thing can. Because there's so many things in this world that we try to fill up on, that we try to be more of. Or, and then some of us, we're just like, I, I have too much of whatever in me and I need to get it out. And God can do both those things. God can fully fill you to the point of satisfaction. And God can also remove and get rid of some of those things that you think you're too full of. Like yourself. But we like to fill our lives with stuff, with things. And so many of us are so busy. Right? Have you ever met anybody recently that's not busy? Everybody's busy. And it's like, what did you do this week? I don't know. I've just been so busy and I'm stressed out. I'm anxious. Like, what did you do? I don't even know. I don't even remember. And the, what happens usually is people have scrolled so long on social media that day and spent so many hours on their phone that they're exhausted. Because you've heard me talk before, right? Our biological, I mean, our human species and our mind was not meant to encounter that many events in one day, right? And every time you scroll, you put yourself in that moment and your feelings get attached and your emotions get triggered. And then you're like, oh my gosh, that, that looks so fun. Why wasn't I invited? And then you go from happy to mad and sad. And then you, scroll, then you just scroll the next thing. You're like, oh, look at that. That's for sale. And you're on this roller coaster of emotions and all you've done is filled yourself with anxiety and stress. And you're just so busy and you don't even know why. It's because you're unavailable emotionally now for probably everybody else in your life who matters. Because you've filled and occupied that emotional space with people who don't matter and things that don't matter. And events that probably don't matter, which is why you weren't invited. And so get over it. But we're filling our lives with so many other things. And we have to remember who our source is. And where satisfaction comes from. And where fulfillment comes from. Where hope comes from. Because some of us are so hopeless 
because of the things that we've filled our life with. And when we read in Scripture, we see in Psalm 121, we're going to read this entire psalm. Some of you already know it. I'm pretty sure Jars of Clay sung a song about it. But it says, I lift up my eyes to the hills from where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. He will not let your foot be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade on your right hand. The sun shall not strike you by day nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all evil. He will keep your life. The Lord will keep your going out and your coming in from this time forth and forevermore. Our God in heaven is our source of all things good. And he fills us with things that are good. When we are guilty or when we're feeling guilt and shame and condemnation, you know, I think a healthy dose of guilt is okay. But guilt turns into shame. And I've, I have heard this saying before, guilt says what I've done is wrong, but shame says I am wrong or I am bad, right? Guilt says what I did was wrong, it is bad, I shouldn't do that, but shame starts to turn into I'm bad. I'm a horrible individual. I'm an awful human being. And those types of feelings and emotions don't come from God, but they rob us from the joy and comfort and love that only God can bring. Because those are things and and deceptions from the enemy. We have an adversary, the devil, who walks about like a roaring lion on this earth. Maybe not physically, but I believe he manifests himself at times. But he is out there. And all he, you know, his best tool is deception. Right? How else is he going to trick us? It's deception. It's perver- he perverts the things of God. He takes what God has done and he twists it so that we are deceived and distracted and led astray. But trying to fill a void in your life that only God can fill will lead to hopelessness. Trying to replace something in your life that is meant to a space that is supposed to be occupied by God. When you try to fill it with the things of this world, it doesn't work. It's temporary and everything this world has to offer is fleeting. You constantly have to chase it. It leaves you longing for more. People leave you longing for more. Your job, the success that you have in life leaves you longing for more because once you've achieved it and then you got to ask yourself what's next what else can i achieve how much higher up can i go in the company and success then becomes very self-focused very self-centered at times but we fill and a lot of times we are shooting for the stars in that capacity which there's nothing wrong with wanting to be successful But sometimes we allow success and the pursuit of it and the pursuit of the success of a business or, I mean, it even could be just a community group. You just want recognition. But those types of emotions and those types of desires soon begin to take the place of God because we used to find fulfillment 
and everything from God. God filled the void in our heart, right? I remember being at the very beginning when I gave my life to God. He came in and he's changed me. He saved me. And I remember feeling whole and healthy. And then over time, you realize that, oh, man, I'm still a human. And that still hurt my feelings. And I still want more. I still want to be successful. But there's nothing wrong with wanting to be successful. But when wanting to be successful becomes more important than being a man of God, a godly husband, a godly parent, right? When, when all the things of this world become more important than who God has ultimately called me to be, then I've missed the mark. And hopelessness starts to set in because you realize, as I mentioned earlier, the things of this world, they're fleeting, they're temporary, they're finite, they don't last forever. You need more to be able to, re to, to, to like scratch that itch. But longing for more is really a part of our human nature because we were left with the deficit being born human. Because we entered into a world where sin exists and sin robs, it, it, it deceives, it takes away, right? And the enemy wants to take away your joy. He wants to take away your pain. Oh, no, he doesn't want to take away your pain. He wants to give you more pain. But the enemy wants to rob you of all the good that God created and has given to us. And that's why we were born at a disadvantage because we we're born into sin. We we're born into this world. But God came. He sent his son into the world so that we might have life and life more abundantly. And so if we're searching for fulfillment, we have to find it in God because he's the only one who can fill the void, the hurt, the pain with perfect love and perfect truth. It says in 1 John chapter 2, verses 15 through 17, do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the desires of the flesh and the desires of the eyes of the pride of life is not from the Father, but is from the world. And the world is passing away along with its desires, but whoever does the will of God abides forever. That's an amazing scripture because the desires of the flesh and the desires of the eyes and the pride of life is not from God, it's from the world. And the media promotes getting more. And if you can't get more, then take out a loan to get what you want and to get what you need. And you'll be happy if you do it. It's such a low interest rate. It's worth it. And so the world comes up with all of these distractions and different ways for you to get into a position to where you will ultimately feel worse about yourself and what you've done at the end of the day. Right, If you go and take out that $20,000 credit card, whatever, from Nordstrom so that you can go shopping at the anniversary sale that's coming up this summer. Why do I know that? Because I have a wife. <laughs> if you go spend all that money to make somebody happy or to make yourself happy, and then at the end of the day you don't have the money to pay it off, you're going to be happy for the summer. And then when the fall hits and then the three month or whatever without having to pay, you're going to be like, oh my gosh, there's interest and I have a lot of money to pay off. Because it feels good in the moment, but at the end of the day, you're just in debt. 
And that is what the world wants from us, to rob from us what God has. For. God, You know, the Bible says that the borrower is slave to the lender, church. And slaves don't have a whole lot of freedom. And if we want to walk in freedom, then we need to remember that God has come to bring life and life more abundantly, right? The thief has come to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But Jesus came to bring life. And life more abundantly. I think abundance from God doesn't come with chains, amen? Abundance from God doesn't come with bondage, amen? Abundance from God looks like freedom, being set free emotionally from the stress, the anxiety, and the pain that you've been walking in because you've been trying to fill the love and truth deficits that are in your life with the things of this world. I think of the Apostle Paul. That guy went through a lot, man. He endured hardship. He was shipwrecked. He was beaten. He was stoned. He was bitten by a snake. He was imprisoned multiple times. Persecuted beyond all belief. I mean, there's, there's historical drawings of Paul. Because, you know, a lot of times we see these drawings of the disciples and Jesus, and they all look very beautiful. But, like, if you look at some accurate historical drawings of what the Apostle Paul could have potentially looked like, he was pretty beat up. Because you don't almost get stoned to death. You don't almost get beaten in prison. You don't almost become shipwrecked, snake-bitten, and constantly persecuted and walk around just a beautiful-looking human being. That should be on the front of GQ. Then again, there is God, so I can't doubt the fact that maybe he was just divinely created and his body does miracles. But other than that, Paul was a man who endured so much persecution. So, and he ended up in an imprisonment in Rome when he wrote the, the epistle to the Philippians. The, an epistle is a letter. And Paul, after he endured so much, after... He was nearing even the end of his life because his, his journey was almost over because he was going to be persecuted. He was going to be killed because of his attempt to spread the gospel throughout the region. And while he's in jail, he writes, he's, in, he's imprisoned in Rome in this one because there are other imprisonments. There's one in Caesarea, and we also know that there was another imprisonment potentially in Rome. But this, when he wrote the, the epistle to the Philippians, he was in prison in Rome at this time. And while he's in prison, and while he's probably under the worst conditions you could have ever imagined, he starts to praise the people that he's writing to. He starts to glorify and magnify God while he's writing to them. How many of us whip out a pen and a piece of paper and start glorifying God when we're in the midst of our pain? Some of us don't and some of you do. You're better than me. But Paul takes a, a pen and he starts to write a letter to the Philippians, which is a church that he had planted in Philippi. And he starts to write to them and he says this. And I don't even know, how can you rejoice when you're in, the, in such bad conditions? But he writes this to them in Philippians chapter 1, verses 18. This is 18b. It's the second half of verse 18 and verse 20. 
he writes this. He says, yes, and I will rejoice, for I know that through your prayers and the help of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, this will turn out for my deliverance. As it is my eager expectation and hope that I will not be at all ashamed, but that with full courage, now as always, Christ will be honored in my body, whether by life or by death. If you look here, Paul was not looking for recognition from the world. He wasn't looking for a square meal. He wasn't looking for them to even bring him some sustenance. He wanted them to know that he was seeking his fulfillment and power from the Holy Spirit. I'll read that first part again. For I know that through your prayers and the help of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, this will turn out for my deliverance. That's what it looks like to refill with the Holy Spirit, church. When you're down and out, when you're suffering, when you're going through the pain, when you're walking in the deficit, when you're lacking, when you are hopeless, when you don't know where to go or who to turn to, you turn to God and ask for him to fill you with the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit will empower us. The Bible says that you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be able to be a witness in Jerusalem, a.k.a. Gig Harbor, in Washington, and to the ends of the earth. We refill with the things of God, but when we fill ourselves with the perfect love and truth of God, we will be fulfilled. Right? The Apostle Paul knew the Old Testament. The Apostle Paul had an encounter with God himself. The Apostle Paul heard from the Holy Spirit. He knew where his help came from. He knew who his source was. He knew where to turn when he was chained up, bound. Probably, I would think that the guy probably was skin and bones because they weren't feeding him. Yet he still praised God. And he asked for the Holy Spirit to fill him. And to give him power to keep moving forward to share the good news of Jesus Christ. When we fill ourselves with the perfect love and truth of God, we are fulfilled. We stop looking for love and truth in all the wrong places. Right? When you're fulfilled and you're satisfied, you stop looking. Can I get an amen from all the happy married people in the room? (laughs) Right? When you're fulfilled and satisfied, you stop looking. Which is the way it should be. When you're content in your job, when you're happy with what you're doing for your career, you stop looking. I mean, until all of those other companies keep calling you and ask and offer you more money. But for the most part, when you are satisfied, when you are fulfilled, you stop looking for something else. You stop wanting something else. Because we usually keep looking and wanting because where we're currently at isn't always even the problem or somebody else's problem. It's our own problem because we haven't dealt with things emotionally. We haven't coped with pain the way that we should. We haven't coped with disappointment the way that we should. We haven't filled the voids that exist in our life with godly things, with things of God, with the truth of God. And so when we do that, we realize that we end up in a place where we don't want to be when we leave the things of God and we start looking for it in all the wrong places. 
I think of my own life. I mean, you've heard some of my testimony plenty of times. I've shared it a lot in here. But it wasn't until I finally wanted to give up, like, the partying lifestyle because I always told God, I believe in you, but, you know, I'll fully come to you one day and stop doing all of this after I get married, after I have a house, maybe a couple cars. But it wasn't until I fully got rid of everything that I thought made me happy and then just replaced it with the things of God to where I found fulfillment in life. To where the pain and the, and the hurt that I experienced and tried to fill with the things of this world, that pain and that suffering slowly began to fade away because the love of God and the truth of God began to infiltrate my life and it was good. He became my source. I didn't need something else as my source. I didn't need anybody else to be my source, only God. And after, this is what I, this is what I found out fairly recently because this teaching that I'm giving to you, I, as I told you, uh, uh, Robin and I, we've learned from Pastor Mike Riches and Tom Jonas these four R's of repentance, rebuking, replacement, and refilling. But after we ourselves began to work these four R's, we realized that you get to the point of repenting, right? Forgiving somebody, granting it, but also asking for forgiveness. Rebuking the spirit of whatever it was that was upon me, of anger, of control. Those are strongholds that the enemy keeps us bound in and once we rebuke him, you know, once you start to rebuke the enemy and those things that are on your life, they have to flee, right? They have to get out. You're a child of God. You have the authority and dominion over the things of this world. The enemy has no chance when you operate in the authority that God gives you. And so you rebuke those strongholds, those chains that have you bound. And once you rebuke them, now there's a hole. Think about that spiritually, right? The enemy has left. Those demons have fled. That oppression is gone, but what are you going to fill it with? So we then replace it with the truth, the word of God, right? As I preached on last week, renewing our mind to the word of God, to the things of God. We replace the deficit with the truth and the love of God. And once we've done that, we move into asking God to fill us with this Holy Spirit again to empower us to move forward and walk in the freedom that he gives us because who the Son sets free is free indeed. Amen? And it says in 1 John chapter 4, verses 13 through 19, By this we know that we abide in him and he in us because he has given us of his spirit. And we have seen and testify that the Father has sent his Son to be the Savior of the world. Whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God abides in him and he in God. So we have come to know and to believe the love that God has for us. God is love. And whoever abides in love abides in God and God abides in him. By this is love perfected with us so that we may have confidence for the day of judgment, because as he is, so also are we in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. For fear has to do with punishment, and whoever fears has not been perfected in love. We love because he first loved us.
we are perfected in perfect love. We are made perfect through the love of God. That's what this scripture is telling us. When we abide in Christ, when we believe in him, when he is our Lord and Savior, we abide in him and he in in us, and his love is made perfect in our life. The Bible says we must draw near to him, and he will draw near to us. The Bible doesn't say that Jesus is going to rip open the wall that you've established and come at you if you don't want him to. Am I right, church? Right? Some of us were just sitting and waiting like, God, you should tear this wall down. And he's like, all you got to do is ask. Because God is a gentleman. Our God does not do things against our will because there's free will that exists. If he did things against our will, there wouldn't be love, church. Love doesn't exist when you mandate when you command and make somebody love you. That's not love. And so the moment we surrender, the moment we turn our life over to him and acknowledge who he is, that's when God starts to do his work. That's when the Holy Spirit fills us with perfect love and perfect truth. And God's love and God is truth and he perfectly fills those voids in our life. He doesn't miss an area. You know what? I'll clean the house, and I'll tell you right now, it's never good enough. (laughs) I am so good at picking stuff up. I mean, I don't have piles anywhere. My stuff is neat. It's put away and whatever. I can do the dishes. I'll take the garbage out. I'll pick up my stuff, whatever. But if I do not wipe the countertops, kitchen is not clean. I actually don't want to hear an amen on that one. So, <laughs> I can try to clean as best I can, but my wife and I, we clean a lot better together, I'll tell you that much, because she's the deep cleaner, I'm the organizer, I can put stuff away, I'll do all that. But as human beings, we have a tendency, we can miss things with our mortal eye. We, we don't always do a perfect clean. We don't always do a perfect job. And so I think sometimes we're expecting God to not be enough or to be able to do it just right the way that that one thing did or that one person did for us. And so we don't fully commit to him, which means he doesn't fully come in and do a clean sweep in our life because we withhold areas from him. Right? We're like, God, do it, do it, do this, all of it, make it happen. But we're like, but don't touch that. I'll do that myself. But God is love and he is truth and he perfectly fills the voids that are in our life and in our heart. Because God will infiltrate every part of our being if we allow him to. And in Romans chapter 15 and verse 13, the Bible says, I love when Paul writes this, he says, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, right? We have to believe so that 
by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. When you allow and believe that God can and will meet your need, satisfy you to the point of what you thought could or would, then you will abound in hope. You will stop being hopeless. You will stop living in a deficit of fear. You will stop acting in control and anger and being passive. Those are the sins that will begin to be cut off from your life when you abound and or abide in Christ and him in you. Because the Holy Spirit is like fire. Can I get an amen? What does fire do? It purges, it cleanses, it gets rid of, it will take out whatever is in its path. You give it a little oxygen, a little wind. Isn't it interesting that in, in Scripture, the Holy Spirit is also wind and fire and water too or oil. But the Holy Spirit will come in and he will begin to purge. And just like when you see those farmers when they, when they want to clear their land, when they need to get it done, they light that thing on fire and it gets rid of everything that needs to get rid of. That's what the Holy Spirit will do in our life if we let him. That's what the fire of God will do inside of our heart. And that's what the passion and de- that's where the passion and desire will come from to be able to keep walking and living out where, what he's called you to and the destiny that he has for you. I'm going to say it one more time, but God is love and God is true. The Bible says that in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. And then the word became flesh and dwelt among us and we beheld his glory that, at a, that as of the only begotten of the father, full of grace and truth. God is both grace and truth and his grace is love. Because he was gracious enough to love us while we were yet sinners. And today, some of us, we need to be set free from this thinking and the way of life that we've been living because we are looking for love and truth in all the wrong places. We are asking the wrong people to meet needs in our life that they cannot meet. We are looking for things to fill us. When the only thing that we need or the first thing that we need is God and the Holy Spirit. And he will come in and he will begin to fill those voids in your heart and he will begin to make you whole. And so I'm ready to work this four-hour process with you one more time. I'm ready to, because sometimes we can't even enter into the presence of God when we're holding on to our baggage because it's all we can think about. And so we need to work this process. I want to repent this morning. I'm going to rebuke the enemy off of my life. I'm going to replace those lies with the truth of God. And I want to ask for a refilling of the Holy Spirit to empower me to go for this week and to go strong. And if you want to join me in that, would you please stand to your feet? And we're going to go ahead and we're going to pray this morning. Because walking in freedom looks a lot like walking with God every single day. Walking in freedom and being set free comes with the sanctification process of living a life of repentance. But also living a life with the authority that he has bestowed upon you through the power of the Holy Spirit. You have authority over your life because you're a child of God. And so this morning, I want to just pray. I want to, I want to repent. I want to rebuke. I want to replace, and I want to refill. And if you want to join me in that, let's do it now. And you can repeat after me. Make sure you say a name. Some of you, you can't think of a name. That's fine. Forgive yourself. 
right? Because some of you on the external, you're fine, everything's all good, but you're constantly beating yourself up. And you need to forgive yourself of that because you are enough, right? You can't meet the expectations of somebody else. You're never going to be enough in the eyes of the world. But you're enough because you're a child of God. He made you. He formed you. He fashioned you. You are uniquely, you are fearfully and wonderfully made. And so you are enough. And so sometimes you must forgive yourself for thinking so little of yourself. And so let's go ahead and pray this morning and just repeat after me. Just say, Dear Heavenly Father, I acknowledge to you today the sin done against me by, say the name, yourself, doesn't matter. What he did to me was wrong. I choose today to cancel the debt that I feel is owed to me. I release, say their name, I release myself from my judgment and place him into your hands. I forgive, say their name. I bless him. I choose not to make him pay or seek his approval or rescue him from his own problems. Please increasingly release the power of your Holy Spirit to help me transcend this offense and move on in my life in joy and in obedience to you. I repent of my own anger and bitterness toward myself, so and so doesn't matter, and I receive your forgiveness, Lord. I rebuke any evil spirit that would try to take ground in my life and that would energize anger, bitterness, or resentment. I refuse to give them any place in my heart. I command the power of the enemy's influence to stop now and be gone from me in Jesus' name. Lord, I ask you to come and heal me, to restore me, to revive me, and flood my soul with your life and your peace. I choose to walk in your freedom and grace for all the days of my life. Amen. Hey guys, I hope you enjoyed today's podcast. And if you did, make sure to like and subscribe so you can receive these new messages as soon as they're available. Also, I just want to take a moment and thank all of you who are part of Peninsula Life Church here in Gig Harbor. Whether you support us financially or serve with us or just share these messages online, it's because of you that we're able to reach people locally and around the world. And if you want more information on how to be a part of the church, make sure you click the link in the description. To help us continue to spread the good news, don't forget to leave a review, like, and subscribe. Have a blessed day.